And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Mauk, an attorney and a partner in the law firm of Mauk and Baker in Chicago. We are all Jesus-following attorneys that focus on serving the body of Messiah with its legal needs. You can learn more about us and subscribe to our free Religious Liberty newsletter by going to maukbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com or call 312-726-1243 or you can also follow uh, Malkin Baker on Facebook and Twitter to keep up to date on our show or visit our website to view our entire podcast library of previous interviews. Have you ever wondered about how science and Genesis work together or, or conflict with each other or complement each other? Well, today you're not only going to find out about that, but also some great ideas about how to communicate what you know about Genesis and science to those who may not yet understand. Today, we will be speaking with Dr. Hugh Ross. He's an astrophysicist, apologist, author, pastor, evangelist, president and founder of Reasons to Believe, an organization dedicated to integrating scientific fact with biblical faith. Dr. Ross is passionate about equipping followers of Jesus to engage rather than withdraw a shrink away, or on the other hand, attack uh, educated non-Christians. His most recent book is Always Be Ready, A Call to Adventurous Faith, which uses personal stories to share the thrills and challenges of sharing your faith. Hugh, welcome to our show. Oh, my pleasure to be with you. It's been about 60 years, and... uh, in terms of full disclosure, I've been reading a lot about you and, and teaching from Navigating uh, Genesis, one of your prior books, and, and, and in the midst of reading Always Be Ready, your current book, it's only been about 60 years since the scientific uh, astrophysical community embraced the idea that there was a Big Bang, that the universe and the cosmos had a beginning, although Genesis has told us that for 3,000 years. Dramatic development, uh, and you were uh, just starting out your career at the time this, this came about. Uh, tell us what's happened in the last 60 years in terms of, of science and Genesis. Well, I started re- uh, studying astronomy seriously when I was seven. And by the time I was 16, I realized that the Big Bang model was fitting the observations, and that meant there had to be a beginning. And that actually motivated me to begin looking for the beginner of the universe. I first searched for him in the writings of the great philosophers, then began to go through the holy books. And as you say, when I picked up the Bible, what really stunned me is that the Bible taught Big Bang cosmology thousands of years before any astronomer had even a hint that the universe had those characteristics. Things like the universe having a space-time beginning, expanding from that space-time beginning, 
under laws of physics that don't change, or one of those laws now, is let a me, pervasive let, law of decay. Let me interrupt there. Uh, sure. There was a, a beginning of time. What does that yes. mean? Well, uh, the Bible talks about God's activities before the beginning of time, how he was actually beginning his works of redemption before he created the universe, before he created space and time. And I was first reading the Bible at the same time that physicists in Britain and South Africa were developing the first of the space-time theorems, which basically tell us if the universe is expanding, uh, then there must be a space-time beginning, uh, which means there must be a causal agent beyond space and time that creates everything. Okay, you're talking about intelligent design, obviously. Well, what, that, that's not so much design as it is establishing there must be a transcendent creator. I mean, you look at the expansion of the universe that the Bible talks about in six different books, what you realize is the universe has to expand at a very exquisitely fine-tuned rate for light to be possible. And this is what enables uh, one to conclude this transcendent entity must be a personal being because of the degree to which she's fine-tuned, not just the expansion of the universe, but over 140 other different features of the universe. 140 other features. Well, this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Mauk of the law firm of Mauk and Baker, and today we're speaking with Dr. Hugh Ross, an astrophysicist who was led to Jesus by recognizing the scientific truth of the Bible. Now, we talked about Genesis, the Big Bang, 60 years ago, becoming a widely accepted explanation, and you just mentioned that there are 140 other variables. Uh, what in the world is that about? Well, one of the things that astronomers and physicists have discovered is that the four fundamental forces of physics must be fine-tuned for light to be possible. To give you an example, you have to fine-tune the ratio of the electromagnetic force uh, to the gravitational force by better than one part in 10,000 trillion trillion trillion. Otherwise, stars instantly explode or they don't form or you don't get the stars that would make life possible. So the, the existence of the cosmos is more than unlikely? You said one to, or ten to the what? Well, people can go to reasons.org slash fine-tuning. That will pop up a compendium of fine-tuning evidence where I list the 140 features of the universe that must be fine-tuned, but also list 850 other features of our galaxy, uh, our planetary system, and our planet uh, that must be fine-tuned uh, to make advanced life possible here on planet Earth. The fine-tuning evidence is ubiquitous. And uh, in one book, Improbable Planet, I was making the point that every single component of the universe, Earth, and Earth's life, and every event in the universe, Earth, and Earth's life, plays a role in making possible the redemption of billions of human beings. So nothing is wasted. Everything fits as a purpose. Wow, God is uh, really, really revealing himself and showing his, his just unsearchable love for us and, and giving us a place to live that's so, so finely tuned. Would you, would you give us that uh, website again where people can uh, pick up on yes. the evidences? Reasons.org slash fine-tuning. 
reasons.org slash fine tuning. And, and well, there, another thing they can get, if they go to reasons.org slash Ross, they can get a free chapter of five different books that I've written. Wow. Okay. And one of those well, books talks about the fine tuning. Yeah. And your, your latest book, uh, Always Be Ready, A Call to Adventurous Faith. We can learn all these things, but it, it, it doesn't really accomplish God's purposes if, if what we learn stays with us. What brought you to, to expanding your uh, astrophysical scientific uh, view to being a real communicator and saying what matters is helping people understand this? What, what changed in your life? Well, I'm not a natural communicator. I'm far from it. That I'm on the autistic spectrum. But when I became a Christian, I realized that sharing my faith was not an option. It was a command. and just had to trust that God was going to use me, in spite of my uh, weaknesses and handicaps, to be able to communicate. As it says in 1 Peter 3, always be prepared to give good reasons for the hope you have in Jesus Christ with gentleness, respect, and a clear conscience. And so as soon as I became a Christian, I recognized I need to prepare good reasons and I need to look for opportunities to share those good reasons uh, with people that uh, are ready. In fact, the first person I shared my faith with was my physics lab partner. And I discovered something profound that day because I had kind of a, a message already prepared. And uh, my physics partner, lab partner, just says, Hugh, I know you want to talk but I have to talk. I need to talk to somebody about God. The only buddy on this campus that knows anything about God. And that led to a four-hour conversation. And my whole point in writing this book is that God will open up opportunities for you on two conditions. You prepare good reasons, and you're able to share them with gentleness, respect, and a clear conscience. Well, good reasons uh, we've been talking about, and we're going to talk about more further answers to Genesis, but you said gentleness and respect and a clear conscience. Uh, don't Christians automatically just sort of uh, exude love? Uh, how, do we, how do we do that and avoid argumentation? Well, non-Christians watch how we treat one another. They'll know you're my disciples because of your love for one another, so your demeanor is crucial. And I've noticed when I'm sharing my faith, the non-Christians I talk to pay much more attention to my demeanor than I do my words. So it's important that you combine your good reasons uh, with uh, that Christian demeanor. And my whole point is, if you do that, you will see God doing miraculous things to bring people he's prepared in advance to hear your good reasons. And it's so much fun. you you got to get involved. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, uh, that's the truth. It is it is fun, and I'm, I'm reminded of the fact that when we think back on our encounters with people, we rarely can remember what was said, but we can almost always remember how they made us feel. Coming up, we'll talk further with astrophysicist Dr. Hugh Ross about defending your faith with science and his newest book, Always Be Ready, A Call to Adventurous Faith. I'm John Mauck, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio.
Sometimes, Jesus used the law to make a difference, and so must we. In his book, Jesus in the Courtroom, author and attorney, John Mauck shows us how to engage our modern legal system for the good of the kingdom. Jesus in the Courtroom discusses the need for faith-filled lawyers in order to protect the church and what good can happen when we partner with Christian legal professionals. To order your copy of Jesus in the Courtroom, find it at Moody Publishers or go to JesusInTheCourtroom.com. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Mauck, partner of the law firm of Mauck and Baker in Chicago. And we're talking with astrophysicist Dr. Hugh Ross, founder of Reasons to Believe, about spreading the gospel by demonstrating the scientific truth of the Bible and his newest book, Always Be Ready, A Call to Adventurous Faith, which explains and coaches us uh, how to share the faith when we're already know that. Uh, Dr. Ross, uh, during the break we were talking about Genesis 1 and the word yam as day, and the Bible seems to say that the entire cosmos was created in six days and then God rested. Uh, what, what is the explanation for that for those who think that the universe has been around for billions of years? Well, the first time I picked up a Bible at age 17, I recognized right away this word uh, day in Genesis 1 must have at least three distinct literal definitions, because three are used right there in the text. Creation day 1 is contrasting days and nights. That's day for the daylight hours. On creation day 4, it's contrasting seasons, days, and years. That's day for 24 hours. And in Genesis 2-4, it uses the word day to refer to the entirety of creation history. So that's a long period of time. But it drew the conclusion that it must be six consecutive long periods of time because there's no evening and morning for the seventh day. The first six days have a definite start point and a definite end point indicated by evening was, day was. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and, and, and let me stop you right there because uh, that, that's something that's, that puzzled me until we had the talk uh, during the break, that the interpretation of day, uh, I, I knew that the word yam uh, could mean an era or a period of time, not just 24 hours, uh, seemed to be cemented into 24 hours with the evening and day references uh, after each of the first six days of uh, creation. So uh, tell us about the evening and, and day translations and, and uh, how you feel that that, that uh, gives evidence that's con consistent with the scientific view of creation. Well, as you're aware, English is the largest vocabulary language that's ever existed, over four million words. Biblical Hebrew, by comparison, has just 3,000 words if you don't count the names of people and cities. And so we should anticipate that Hebrew nouns will have multiple literal definitions. Likewise, the word evening and morning uh, in the original Hebrew has multiple literal definitions. But when I was reading it for the first time, it was clear to me that at least one of those definitions had to be that each day had a definite start point, and a definite end point. And when you each, get to the each, seventh day, each, each day, of the first six days. 
when you say when each day, you, you, you're also saying each era or period of time had a beginning and end. You're saying that's a better translation of Genesis 1? Well, I'm saying whatever you think of evening and morning is definitely telling you that each of these creation days had a start point and it had an end point. And you see that for the first six days, uh, but there's no evening-morning phrase for the seventh day. And as you read on in the Bible, Psalm 95 and Hebrews 4 tell us we're still in God's seventh day. It's the day when God doesn't create. And as a scientist, I said that explains the fossil record enigma. Because in the fossil record, we see evidence for a huge amount of speciation events before human beings and hardly any afterwards. Well, the Bible gives you the answer. For six days, God is creating new species. On the seventh day, he stops. And so biology today is different than biology before God created uh, human beings. And, uh, you know, Genesis uh, 2 tells us there's no evening and morning for the seventh day. The other thing that caught my attention is that God creates both the human male and the human female on the sixth day, but Genesis 2 describes a significant passage of time between the creation of Adam and the creation of Eve. So that told me the sixth day, just like the seventh day, has to be a significant passage of time, and the grammatical structure of Genesis 1 would indicate that would be true of all the creation days. Therefore, there is no conflict between the time scale of creation we see in Genesis and the time scale we see of creation in astronomy, geophysics, and paleontology. Now, for those who are listening, and you're maybe way over their head with this, but they really are interested in this, uh, tell us again where they can go to find uh, more details. Certainly they can go to your book, Navigating Genesis, but you have some other books that are accessible. Where do you go for that? Well, the book where I discuss the issue of the time scale of creation from a biblical perspective, that's done in my book, A Matter of Days. Uh, we just brought out a second edition. So if people want a detailed answer, that's the place to go. If they want something a little bit briefer, I would recommend Navigating Genesis. And I think we're giving away a free chapter for that book at reasons.org slash Ross. Uh, this is... Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Malk of Malk and Baker, attorneys in Chicago, serving the body of Messiah. We're speaking with Dr. Hugh Ross about how scientific reasoning can be used to spread the gospel. Now, Dr. Ross, you've, you, you've given us a whole wonderful menu of, of different ideas to think about in Genesis from a scientific point of view, and, and you're saying we need to be prepared. We need to know that stuff. Uh, if you're going to be an educated Christian, you've got to know it so that you can, uh, you can answer if anyone should ask. But let's talk about the second part, because sometimes Christians are, are full of knowledge and don't know or don't have the opportunity uh, to share. Are you, are you saying that the Bible is saying, if you've got the knowledge and you're ready, people will come to you? And, and Must we wait to be asked, or should we go out there and start proclaiming? Well, God will provide opportunities uh, with those two conditions, prepare good reasons, and develop the Christian demeanor to communicate them. It doesn't mean you just sit in your apartment and wait for somebody to knock on your door. 
But when you're out and about, you look for opportunities. And basically, in Always Be Ready, I share how you can spot those opportunities. I mean, I share my faith all the time with strangers because, you know, I'll be on an airplane or I'll be uh, in a grocery store line. People will talk. And the secret is ask questions. Uh, You want to find out what kind of non-Christian you're talking to because one size doesn't fit all. And as a pastor and evangelist, I'm trying to encourage people, you know, pick something targeted for their specific objections. Give us give us some examples of uh, what you've heard people saying that uh, prompted a question from you that maybe opened the door for sharing your faith. Well, one story I tell and always be ready is, uh, you know, uh, being in an airport and uh, this woman comes by with four little children. And uh, she says, will you look after my children for me while I go do some shopping and uh, use the restroom? Half an hour later, she came back. Uh, but then she just said, uh, you know, can, you, can I ask you know, where you're going? So she's asking me some questions about where I was going, what I was doing. And then she just said, can I ask you some questions? And that's often how it happens. I tell another story of getting on an airplane. A gentleman sits down beside me, introduces himself as a quantum physicist, says he's from Germany, also announced that he was an atheist and a skeptic. And he said, well, who are you? And I said, well, I'm an astrophysicist. (laughs) Well, wait a minute. He introduced himself as an atheist? Isn't that rather uh, startling? Well, it's pretty common for people, uh, academics in Germany, to do that. Uh, I've run into that before. Uh, And again, that's, you know, always be ready for whatever happens. And so, you know, first he introduced himself as a quantum physicist and as a German. Then as an atheist and a skeptic, he asked who I was. Then he looked at me and said, this is going to be a very interesting flight. Can I ask you some questions? He asked me eight questions over the course of two hours. Then he said, how come you got such well-prepared answers to my questions? I said, well, your eight questions are the chapter titles in the book I wrote. And he was very skeptical. He said, I don't believe you. Well, I had a copy of the book in my briefcase and showed it to him. And there were his eight questions. And he, he very gratefully took a copy of the book. And that's my point, too. You don't have to be an expert on these things, but you need to know where to point people. So I encourage people, and I do this. I always carry resources with me. When I run into someone, I ask them a lot of questions, find out what their issues are, and before I leave, I want to give them a resource that targets the very issues we've been talking about. So it's it's okay to say I don't really know, but uh, here's a place. I don't really know, but uh, here's a DVD or here's a book or a booklet or whatever, or here's where you can go. Uh, we've been speaking with Dr. Hugh Ross, author of Always Be Ready, A Call to Adventurous Faith, uh, helping us understand the scientific basis for our faith as well as how to share it with gentleness and respect. Dr. Ross, thank you for speaking with us today. If you have a legal need or questions and want the perspective of local Christian attorneys, contact us at Malkin Baker. We're Christian attorneys located in Chicago, all believers, all serving the body of Messiah. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or go to our website, malkbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R. 
We serve churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals in their legal needs. Call us and mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. Again, our number is 312-726-1243. I'm John Mauck, partner at Mauck & Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. Have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody. 